Welcome to People of Purpose. People of Purpose. People of Purpose. People of Purpose. People of Purpose is a podcast of inspiring people whose stories help you see things differently, live with intentionality, elevate the way you participate in the world, and take the necessary leaps in your life to seek and find your passions. Come with us and develop the courage to wholeheartedly pursue your purpose and unleash your truest potential. We're embracing this belief that iron does sharpen iron and that we don't have to have all the perfect ideas or be able to execute perfectly today. What we have to do today is go into training. We need to develop this skill of how to share and sharpen because we honestly cannot see the label on the jar that we're in. Your greatest strength often is your greatest weakness. But what I do understand and believe and have accepted is that I can be a vessel, a branch that flows the Spirit of God through me out to others and that the fruit can be born out there because of it. My definition of success is to actually make an impact on people that is lasting. When they come before God every day and then ultimately in eternity, they can know without question that they were on the journey to fulfill the kingdom purpose that was meant for their lives. Today's person of purpose is Greg Yates. This is Greg's second time on the podcast. We enjoyed him so much the first time that we invited him back for a part two. And I'm so excited to share this episode with you. This was an awesome interview that really expanded on a lot of the topics that we had discussed in the first one. Just to remind you of who Greg is, Greg is a businessman, Greg is a podcaster, Greg is an influencer, and he is focused on the no head trash movement and getting people past their own brokenness and their own failures to be able to use those to break through. He is a leader, he is a writer, he is an incredible person that has come on this long journey that involved even prison. Now, if you listen to part one of Greg Yates on episode 49, you'll recall that Greg talked about some insightful concepts such as the shared definition of success, as well as other things related to how you move forward in teams and build culture and the power of vulnerability. Now we invited Greg back on for part two because I know how much more there was to share and wow, this was an awesome interview. So on part two, we talked about more on the clear definitions of success and the practices that keep that top of mind. We talked about how to create a network of people that you can surround yourself with and be real with, how to create culture as a leader, this concept of what we accept becomes what we believe, as well as just how to get through the battlefield of life, how to move from here to there, and how our purpose evolves in the meantime and we catch up to it. Greg in this episode is very real, very honest, very vulnerable, and he gets right into it. It is a hose of information. Like it just sprays you and comes at you very hard. And so I hope that you're all in when you listen to this. This is not the kind of thing where you just passively consume it. You need to be all in. What Greg says is real, is honest, is truthful, is powerful. And if you can accept this mindset in your own life, 
I know you're going to move forward to where you want to become. Let's move beyond the comfort zone to the practice zone so that we can really start to take on the life of our dreams. Greg has really impacted me through our relationship on the podcast because I think that I see a lot of myself in where Greg is right now and the leadership capacity he's taken on, how he's shifted from business to this podcasting space. He definitely is a person of purpose. He's someone that people of purpose is going to be working with for a while. And I just know that Greg is going to remain in my life and in our life. And one day he'll be involved in our retreats and our events and coaching and speaking and things of that nature. Listen in to hear about some of those upcoming opportunities as well. It's very exciting stuff. I want to leave you with a final thought from this episode before we jump in. Greg talks about this concept that we can't read the label on the jar we're in. I want you to open up before you listen to this episode, realize what your limitations are that you can't truly understand about yourself and seek to believe and ask for these things that Greg is offering because I know that if you connect yourself in community, you're going to be able to have those people that can read that label on your jar and can help you to move forward and can help you to get out of wherever you're at now. It's a powerful episode and I'm so excited to bring you part two of today's person of purpose, Greg Yates. Hi, Greg. Welcome back to People of Purpose for part two. Our first interview was so good that uh, I decided we should have a second part. And I'm really excited to go deeper into some of these topics like the practice zone and how we develop habits we need at this rapid pace. I just wanted to dive right in. How are you doing today? That sounds exciting to me. I'm doing fantastic, man. I've been looking forward to this. I've been looking forward to this. Very good. I really enjoyed the last one. So, I want to talk about the practice zone. It seems to be something that's top of mind for you right now, having a mastermind, having this novel concept of the practice zone and with all of its nuances. Can you just remind us what is the practice zone and why is that so top of mind for you right now? Yeah, that's fantastic. And thanks for asking because it is like what I'm super passionate about. And there's a reason for it because as competitors, which is what leaders are, right? If you're going to have purpose, you're competing against something because there are other things trying to superimpose purpose on your life. I think that's a given, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I agree. I mean, we're competing. Often we don't see ourselves in competition because as we talked about in the first interview, and if you didn't listen to that first interview, you ought to go listen to it because I'm telling you, some of the insights that you shared, even Tanner, were just so fresh so fresh to me. And I really enjoyed that. But this idea that often circumstances are trying to dictate our purpose moves us from an acceptance standpoint to a chosen belief standpoint. So moving into the practice zone for me became a part of why should I tell people just go do the opposite. That's what I hear sometimes. Just go do the opposite of what feels good. And you'll probably be, you know, my dad used to say, hey, if you're trying to lose weight, if it tastes good, just spit it out, right? We're so used to this idea that we've got to violate everything that our minds are telling us about safety and security. We got to violate that if we want to be successful or fulfill our purpose. And it's just not true. And the practice zone for me became a place where I was able to embrace the concept that how we train is how we perform. And yet we need safe places to train. I don't go show up at the heavyweight fight and say, hey, I want to be a boxer. I don't show up in the ring. I show up 
in the gym. I show up where I can train, which is kind of what you and I do, right? We're training, we're sharpening, we're embracing this belief that iron does sharpen iron and that we don't have to have all the perfect ideas or be able to execute perfectly today. What we have to do today is go into training. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. I get that. It's not just only on you to know everything. It's also just train yourself to be that. And when you embody that kind of person you want to become, you learn how to do that correctly. Am I getting that right? Yeah, of course. It's beautiful. And often in the process, and I don't want to get too diverse here, but all of these things begin with, right, our definition of success. We talked about that last time. Mm-hmm. They begin with our definition of success and how we frame that up. And skillfully doing that, we need each other to do that. I heard a great statement the other day. I don't know who originated it. I know that it's somewhere, maybe not even said exactly like this, but the way I remembered it was a guy who said, you can't read the label of the jar that you're in. Hmm. Does that make sense? And I went, boom, that is exactly the case when it comes to the skill of masterminding, which is what the practice zone is all about. I mean, we need to develop this skill of how to share and sharpen because we honestly cannot see the label on the jar that we're in. And even at this point in my life, I've had to realize that it's true for me. And that's why the practice zone is so important to me because there's a certain degree of I'm not violating my comfort zone. I'm showing up to the gym so that I can expand what I'm capable of, so I can become and pursue the identity that I'm continuing to shape. So many concepts there, and I love every one of them, and that's why we have to do it together. That's why we don't do it inside our own heads. The head trash is just too competitive. Right, got it. So you're saying that because we can't read the label on the jar we're in, we need somebody else to read it for us, and then what? You know, interestingly, the identification, like we all accept the fact that habits are important, correct? Of course, yes. Yeah, we do. I mean, it's by and large, we all accept that. And remember our last discussion, I made the statement that what we accept becomes what we believe. Yes. Okay. Beautiful concept. Anybody could go and challenge that in their own lives. Man, I'd love to hear the feedback. But what we accept becomes what we believe. So how we get someone to read the label on the jar that we're in is the masterminding process. I don't know any better way to say it. And it happens because we get vulnerable, because we find a safe space to do that. And because we spend the time to find the trust. The processes are so fun because you're doing it already. You're putting off what I call a tribal signal, right? You're putting off a tribal signal You figure, I'm going to keep speaking what I believe and the things that are important to me, and people will gradually assemble into my tribe because that's what's important to them as well. See, often we're tempted to let people read the jar label who aren't in our tribe, Mm -hmm. and that's really scary Yes, because they are superimposing on us what they would like to see us be. I don't care how well-meaning, especially if you're a leader, especially if you're a leader in business, okay? I don't care how well-meaning your pastor, your friends, your family, and all of them are, if they're not in a position to 
understand what you're going through, then you need to refine your tribe even further because there are things you can share with them and they'll be fantastic feedback, but there are deeper levels of that tribal relationship that where you go to train, you don't go to the gym, Tanner, and train with a five-year-old kid, right? You go and find people at a similar skill level or maybe a little better than you, and you go sharpen your skills with them because you know they're going to help you become better. There's this fine line between what we get bored with. That's the enemy of habits, by the way, is boredom. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I get, you know, I'm doing it, I'm doing it, I'm tired of doing it where we embrace this fine little zone, the practice zone, I like to think, is where I came up with a lot of this in my head, is that I want to find that zone where there's a merger. Just I'm almost to the point of being bored about it, but I'm being challenged enough within my capability that I want to keep moving forward. And I've found that I need you, I need other people like you and like me to help me stay engaged to remind me my definition of success, even though they didn't write it for me, to remind me of it, to call me accountable. And that's another term people don't like, but I have learned to think of it this way. There's this trend right now, I'm sure you've heard it, that, oh, nobody can hold anybody else accountable. Okay, maybe that's true. But we can give others permission to call us into account. Mm. To call us into being accountable for our health, our mental progression, mm-hmm. our relationships, our faith, and our finances. We can ask other people to call us into account. And by doing that, we're giving permission for other people, hopefully people who have no vested interest, no tainted interest in our decisions, right? They're outside of that, but they're able to adequately read what's in our jar. I need to find a way to absolutely take it into a more concise answer for you because this is a process that we work through like over months and you and I are trying to leapfrog it in a matter of minutes, but I hope I'm making sense. Yeah. So what I'm essentially gathering and maybe a more condensed version is that we are raised around what other people's values are, what they think is your definition of success. And you have to disentangle yourself from that, define what yours is, put out a tribal signal, gather your tribe, and ask that tribe to hold you accountable so that your personal definition of success is top of mind for you and those around you. And together you move forward because we need each other to read each other's labels and call out our BS and to praise our strengths and things of that nature. Is that right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, calling each other out. It's funny, I was with a friend of mine who really I've only gotten to know through Mastermind. And it's the first time we'd ever met in person. And we were at an event and we were talking and he looked at me and he said, Greg, can I have permission to mastermind with you for a minute? And I said, awesome, let's do it. We stepped over to the side and he looked me in the eyes. Now I'm supposed to be teaching this, right? He looked me in the eyes and he said, Greg, I've been listening to you for the last 24 hours, talk to other people, and I believe that you still are allowing your past to get in the way of becoming who you can be. I've heard it in this way and in this way, and I just wanted you to know that I'm hearing this and I want to help you overcome it. And I got to be honest, Tanner, I was blown away. In fact, it shook me up because I didn't see it 
And over a period of a couple of days, I had to come to grips with the fact that he was completely right. He was reading something that I couldn't see inside the jar. And he gave me such a powerful gift. I can't even imagine the amount of money, the amount of time, the amount of liberty. I like that word. The amount of liberty that he gave me by seeing that because it focused and intensified my prayers. It focused and intensified my own awareness so that I was looking for it, listening for it. And if he had not taken the time and had permission to do that, I'd still be in bondage of that particular thing. That's just one recent example in my own life. Would you mind going over one of those facets that he called you out on and how you've woken up and what you've done to transform? I just want to bring like a tangible example, if possible, sure. for people to be able to find more relation to that concept because that definitely resonated with me. And it's hard for me to remember that exact moment and exact situation because I feel like memory kind of fades over time on that. Yes. But that feeling, that sensation, like it hit me when you said that because I've had that too. I felt like I was doing something wonderful. People around me are like praising me for what I'm doing. Somebody mentions one little thing and that's the only thing on my mind is like, oh man, he's right. I have this weakness and I've been blind to it. I've been neglecting it when it pops up. I need to go after it now and then I go after it. Yeah. Since this is so fresh, would you mind sharing any of this? Absolutely. And one thing I want to preface this by is that it was painful to hear. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It was painful to hear. We have this self-image. And of course, the Overcoming 10 Fears book that I wrote, and that actually I'd like to share a free link to get that book with your listeners if they're interested, Overcoming 10 Common Fears All Leaders Face, really speaks to me in this regard because one of our fears is that fear of other people's opinion because we want to project who we believe we are. And in that situation that you asked me about, the very specifics were that we were meeting a lot of new people. Both of us were. And what happens when you meet new people, right? You tell your story. I mean, you, who are you? Why should I care who you are? All of those things, you know? Correct. And so I'm telling my story just a little bit but more than anything, I found myself focusing on my failure because it was like I wanted to disclaimer. And you know my story, Tanner, if anybody didn't listen to the previous interview, you know, from a business perspective, from this life of hero leadership, of being isolated, but also having 14 different businesses, hundreds and hundreds of employees, a lot of money, and then finding myself in prison. And if you missed that, you need to go back and listen to the other interview. That's pretty enticing right there. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure people will go. Yeah, and finding myself there and feeling disqualified. Mm. Feeling completely disqualified now. Even, you know, you take 30 years plus, then you, you disqualify yourself in about five minutes. And then I was still carrying that with me. So as I'm telling my story, my identifying, I'm trying to be careful. In my opinion, Tanner, I was like being honest. You know, I was just trying to be vulnerable. Hey, I was this guy, but here's the, what you really need to know. I'm a failure, you know, and I'm working my way back. You know, I'm pursuing how to use that for good. And the gentleman I was with identified to me, he said, you know what? You are putting a disclaimer on your ability to go forward and succeed. You're making certain that this is what people see about you instead of understanding what your mission today is. Instead of putting off your tribal signal 
and proclaiming the mission that you're on, you're telling them yes. failure that prevented you from achieving that mission. And he said, you know, quite honestly, he said, I don't think you're going to help anybody as long as you're focused on that. And it really made me go numb for a little while. <laughs> I can imagine. So yeah, I noticed this too, that this is your marketing shtick. This is what makes you, you. This is what makes Greg Yates' story so incredible and powerful. And this is the connection point people find to you. But as you grow your tribe and you guys are growing together, your collective purpose, your individual purpose evolves. And it's almost like we have to catch up to it and redefine ourselves. We still need to be able to tell that story because we need more people to come in. But we need to move forward also and root our identity in who we are now. Dichotomy can be pretty hard at times. Oh, yeah. And I'm not sure that we're able to do that inside our own head. Yes. I'm not sure that it's possible. That's one of the reasons that I believe God needed to break me free and get me out of my own head. And he did that through brokenness, probably because I wasn't listening. He did it through brokenness. And I've found now that other people who align themselves with me are able to speak into my life. And I'm more accepting of that, whereas I didn't used to be. I used to be like, wait a minute, this is a one-way street. I flow out and you listen. you know. And so breaking down the 10 fears in that 10 fears book that I was talking about, breaking down those 10 fears became me saying, I'm not afraid of anything, to me saying, wait a minute, I've got all these fears. I've got every one of these fears. Fear of rejection, fear of failure, fear of missing out. You know, all of the things that kept me isolated were fears. And I can't see them always for myself. I need my brothers to help me see them. And I'm pretty clear on that in my personal mission is that I work better with other men just because I feel like I need that kind of honesty that at times can only come when you're able to let the shields completely down. And that usually happens with people who can relate to your brokenness at some level and who have experienced similar battlefields as you're facing. And for most of us as men and as leaders, that is something that happens in community with other men. Yeah. So what I'm hearing, just back to that practical standpoint, the reason I kind of asked the question is after you were awakened to this shortcoming, you went and you wrote a book. Was this a journaling exercise or something that turned into a full-fledged, organized, here's actually all the fears I have, and here's how I understand them, and here's why they're important for me to get out? Yeah, interestingly, the conversation was about the fears was an interview similar to what we're doing, and I just started rattling off the fears, and then I went back and realized that I needed to dig deeper, so yeah, I wrote a book about it, and sort of identified through some story and also through common experience, the ways those fears deceive us, the way they often don't even present as fears, mm -hmm. especially if we're powerful personalities, often those things don't present themselves as fear. We just overcome them by our persona and also then identifying the steps to move past them and what the value would be of moving past them. In the book, I use a diagramming of, you know, like the pyramid and then the upside down pyramid where we're actually building a breakthrough organization or team. And now we're able to be liberated on top, not feeling that we have to have all the answers, not believing that our opinion is the one that matters, not being afraid 
of the things we might miss out on because we're so clear about our definition of success and we've got so much buy-in from our organization. They're just powerful things that barring someone else pulling them out of me, I never would have considered them. Yes. It's this really interesting thing of needing to be open to others reading your label. You need to be pretty clear that that person is of your tribe, understands your definition of success, while your definition of success is evolving and sometimes murky at certain times if you catch you at the right moment. And then you need to move forward with those people and create a team that you can be real with. So I wanted to talk about that. I know before this interview, I sent you an email, some of the topics. The second one I really wanted to talk about was how to create a network you can be real with. Right. Why is that so important to you? And how do we go about doing that in our lives? I believe that without a network that we're posture free in, okay, we don't have to show up and posture ourselves every time, which is what most of our networks are. We show up and tell our stories and posture ourselves to be in the best light we can. Without a network that we can show up and be vulnerable and have trust in those folks, without that, we are unable to take the next steps to our own personal breakthrough. We're unable to have the advisors, the board of directors, if you will, that will help us come to the next steps in our existence. And I believe that that's the only path we'll ever break through from our own fears. Can I tangent on that for just a second? Yeah, of course. Yeah. One of my beliefs, I know you'll agree with this. I know I'm not the first person, obviously, to say it, but is this idea of greatest strengths, greatest weakness, right? Your, your greatest strength often is your greatest weakness. Mm, and that's profound. These little bits of awareness really help in the masterminding process because we're able to say, Greg, you're so good at this, but it's potentially keeping you from seeing this, the blind spot idea, correct? I mean, opposites are two sides of the same coin. They're always interrelated. Yeah, they're always connected. And when we fail to see that, which we always do in ourselves, we promote our strengths and we sort of hide from our weaknesses. And when we're in a group who can help us see our own blind spots, we're able to actually retain, now don't miss this, we're able to retain a flexible state instead of a rigid state. Um, so greatest strength, greatest weakness, right? One of our greatest strengths is our ability to identify a clear purpose. A clear purpose, a clear definition of success. That's fantastic. But the danger is that we will also then become inflexible because it stops growing. It's like we develop a habit. We've said it so many times we don't even have to think about it. So what happens? We stop improving on it. We stop evaluating it. We stop asking for outside input on it. So greatest strength, right, is to know our purpose, to be clear on it. Greatest weakness is that we stop sharpening it, that we stop defining what that purpose really means today and how it becomes and stays alive. Flexible, like a branch or something, right? You grab a hold of it, it's green, it's real flexible, it's still growing. Inflexible, it's brittle snaps, it breaks. Death and life are really that way. And the danger for a lot of us, especially as leaders, is that we become inflexible 
thinking in our minds that this is because we've decided what we're after, what's important to us, and we're going to be completely focused on that. And yet we die in that because even a good habit, if we stop sharpening it, stop refining it, stop questioning if it's still the habit we need, when we stop doing that, we become inflexible. And I'm going to run on here and talk about it in one other area. I believe this is a risk when we do all these strengths tests and here's my strengths, here's my weaknesses, here's my personality profile. And I'm not saying there's not a good purpose behind those and that there's not some benefit there. I'm not saying don't do it. I'm simply saying that if we're not careful, we see those results and we say, oh, that explains everything. I accept hear my language, accept becomes what you believe. I accept the fact that this is who I am because I took this test. And certainly these guys know more about me than I know about me. And they told me that my tendencies are going to be this and this and this. And therefore, ah, I'm content. I'm happy. I no longer have to strive because I've been defined. And I see danger in that as much as I see danger in every strength that can become our weakness. And the only way I know, the only way I've ever found to get past that is to have active men and mentors and people in my tribe who I can engage with on that. Guys like you, Tanner, who will say, my experience, Greg, is this, or what I'm observing is this, or have you considered this? And yet, you and I both know that when you start talking about some of these topics, if you're talking to someone who's not in your tribe, there's no conversation. It's dead air. It's a blank face. It's how about those cubbies? And, you know, I mean, we have to find the people we can mastermind with if we want to overcome the enemies to our purpose. Wow. You said it perfectly right. I have been in a pretty long period now of constantly filtering and finding that tribe. And I feel really great because I have that now with my own brother and we're going to be doing business together, uh, which has been a recent decision we've made. And I feel really blessed that that exists in my family and that I have found people. They're not necessarily physically around me. They're in different pockets of the world, but they're my tribe. The people physically around me sometimes are just those people where it's that level one, level two type of conversation. What's the weather like? How the sports team's doing? What did you eat for dinner last night? What do you think we should eat today? That sort of talk. You can't avoid that. That exists in the world and you can't hate people for that. You can't judge people for that. You don't even have the bandwidth to have extremely deep conversations with every person all day long. That would be a waste of our gifts, of our resources. But when we have two people that meet together like you and I are doing right now, it's amazing what happens and you feel that. And I think that you can't miss it. It's obvious. It speaks to a deep place in you. It goes beyond just intellectual understanding or just like random occurrence. It feels like there's something meaningful and important here. And God is here in this place. And we need to push into this, press into this and see where it goes. Absolutely, man. You're firing me up because the hunger needs to exist. I'm not out there trying to promote something to people. I'm trying to find who's got the hunger. Hmm. I'll be honest with you, I would not have embraced such a group 10 years ago, 11 years ago. I wouldn't have embraced it because I wasn't ready. I wasn't at the point 
that I knew I could not take the steps. Now, if I had embraced it, I think it would have dramatically changed my life. And God can use wherever we are. We can't go back in time and change those things. All we have is today. But what I know for sure is that today I am a warrior in the army of God, that there is purpose for my existence today, that there are people I can impact today, and that everything I'm doing can be, wow, I'm going to say this out loud, can be an overflow of what the Spirit of God is doing in me. I can't always define that, but I can allow it. And my acceptance of that has become my belief. My acceptance that I don't know what's happening in five minutes. I can't see around the next corner. I don't understand when I've really made an impact or when I haven't. I don't understand today if my purpose is completely being fulfilled. But what I do understand and believe and have accepted is that I can be a vessel, a branch that flows the Spirit of God through me out to others and that the fruit can be born out there because of it. And by accepting that and allowing that to become my belief, I can't stop talking about it. I can't stop sharing it in a way that attracts other people to me and say, Greg, that's fantastic. Now, what do I do about that in my real estate business? Now, Greg, how does that faith integrate into my manufacturing business? Greg, that's fantastic. But could we talk about what that means about this chaos decision or this drama or this employee resolution that I really need help with? How do we integrate those things? Because there's no time for us to just say, let's sit down and talk about it. We're going to deal with those things right in the middle of the chaos of our lives. And that's why we have to continually practice. We won't get it right every time. We'll get better. We'll sharpen. We'll become. And how much value will there be in what we offer to others and then what we pull from those conversations ourselves? It's fabulous. I love it. I'm noticing that you sound as if you do and your people around you have a very masculine presence to you. And to me, it's extraordinary that when you have very masculine personalities coming together, you're embracing this feminine quality of allowance and letting go and having faith that beauty is coming and being a conduit of love. These sort of like feel good topics then get grounded in, now how am I going to run my business? How am I going to scale this? How am I going to be the man that God's called me to be? And I think that intersection is one thing that I really love about what you're about because it's special. and Men need this right now, especially the leaders in our society, typically in business and in politics, they happen to be men. And it's this like macho, mano y mano, I'm better than you competitive thing that is tearing us apart. We need to interrupt that. And I think you've tapped into some secret sauce there. And I'm excited to see where that's going to go. You just spoke into my life there, Tanner. And I really appreciate that because I needed you to read the label for me. Okay. I wouldn't have said it in those exact words, but I absolutely agree with you. I want to be in agreement with you on that because I honestly believe that we are warriors. That's how I feel. And yet, being in denial about our purpose and pursuit means being in denial about who we were created to be. And I wasn't created to be like somebody else. I was created to be like me. It's time for me to explore 
what that is. One of these days, I'll tell you about a, a little 10-second vision that I had about my own purpose. It's very personal, probably not for this broadcast, but it gave me a perspective that made me realize that God actually sent me here on a mission, actually on a mission, and that my interpretation of that mission has very little to do with the circumstances that I find myself and everything to do with the pursuit of my relationship with him as my king and in his kingdom. And that's another thing that just has to be developed. We can say that, but if we don't know how you know, to input it into today, then it's just an idea over here on the shelf. Like so many books we've read, so many seminars we've attended, they're great ideas, but we say, when I get the time, I'm gonna, yeah. yeah, it doesn't happen. It happens only in the chaos or it doesn't happen at all. We have to interrupt that. I'm going to shelve this for later because life is a flow. It's an ever moving thing. And you find yourself down the river or down a stream and you're trying to come back to that thing. And that's pretty difficult because you make these small micro commitments to people along the way. And we're very relational in nature, especially if you're running a business or you're you know, the husband of a family, or you're the father of children. Like we are a relational society and especially people that are tribal leaders such as yourself and maybe what I aspire to be. We find ourselves now on a new road and it's hard to come back to that. You have to have the resolve to know in the midst of the chaos that my personal definition of success is this. I've been looking for this. God has put it on my heart right now that I need to jump into what Greg is telling me to do. Boom, I'm going to do that. That's how I operate. And people think I'm crazy sometimes because I find myself in another country two days later. Like I did when I was in Thailand, I said yes to going to hike Mount Everest base camp. Two days later, I'm in Kathmandu. 14 days later, I'm at the base of Mount Everest. I had no plans to do that, but it changed my life dramatically. Yeah, I guess that's how I operate. We all have personalities, right? So that fits mine. How do you kind of blend Evolving people's personalities to the point where they can say yes to these times where life kind of interrupts their idea of where they're going, but also keep them grounded in where they're going. That's such a weird, interesting dichotomy to think about. It always has everything to do with our identity, right? And this is how you see yourself and it becomes how you perform, mm -hmm. whether it's spoken or unspoken. And the deeper levels of a clear definition of success actually, as a part of my process, Tanner, become how we even phrase the sentences. Rather than it being, this is who I am. It's like, I'm an individual who sees value here, who experiences, because then it remains flexible, remains dynamic. But until we identify, you know, or help others by reading their label, by asking them questions, until we help others identify who they are or until we identify who we are, and don't get me wrong, this is a flexible thing. Maybe I should say identify who we believe we are. Until we actually can strip away those layers, we have no ability to become the person we were actually created to be. That may seem just a little bit esoteric to some people, but the truth is we have made assumptions. We've made very clear assumptions that we don't even know how to break free from, and yet they keep us from being who we were created to be.
Is there something interfering with your happiness or preventing you from living at your purpose? I know a bad accident, breakups, and head injuries have plagued my path of purpose. The good news is that People of Purpose has now partnered with BetterHelp, an online counseling platform that will assess your needs from exactly where you are and match you with your very own licensed professional therapist. You can start communicating in under 24 hours. BetterHelp is not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. There is a broad range of expertise in BetterHelp's counselor network, which may not be locally available in many areas. I know that when we are purposefully and passionately pursuing our visions, it can be so hard to take the big action you need for yourself. That's why I love BetterHelp. BetterHelp is available worldwide from the comfort and ease of your smartphone. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your counselor, call, or video chat as often as you need. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses without needing to be in one single city or drive and sit in an uncomfortable waiting room just to have a 30-minute conversation. These conversations have the power to literally change your life. We need to make sure we're having them. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. For me, the sign-up process was so thorough and personalized to exactly what I needed. Within 15 minutes, I was done, and the very next day, I was paired with a counselor with the pedigree to help me think through exactly the questions I have at this stage in my life. Since I've met my premarital Christian counselor, Colleen, I've had enormous insights on where and how to create better boundaries, and even had a session with my fiance while she's in Thailand and I'm in California. It's amazing how powerful and accessible counseling is today with the power of the internet. BetterHelp is more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. Whether you need professional coaching for your business, help overcoming a trauma, or just need a thought partner who would walk through a rocky part of a road with you, BetterHelp wants to help you start living a happier life today. People of Purpose listeners get 10% off your first month. Visit betterhelp.com forward slash people of purpose. That's betterhelp.com forward slash people of purpose and join the over 500,000 people taking charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. My breakthrough, you know, came by me being completely crushed and going to prison where suddenly I felt like, well, I'm starting from scratch anyway, so I might as well redesign, right? For you, there were some very clear breaking points. Maybe somebody listening to this is going to say, well, you know, I'm really not in a position that I have a breaking point yet. And my challenge to people is always to understand that they are broken because we're all broken at some level and to be able to see and understand what's happening to them in that brokenness. Maybe it's not outwardly brokenness, but what they're being kept from, the, the time that is elapsing, preventing them from the joy and freedom that they deserve to experience, that they were created to experience. Even if it's just in one area of their life, I find people who are like, yeah, I'm super financially successful. My family's in pieces. I don't know what to do about my body. I mean, they don't have a means to coordinate all these things. And it's all a result of how they see themselves. It sounds very simple. I think I mentioned before, one of my beliefs is that people won't do the simple things. They only pursue the hard things. If it's too simple, nobody will do it, which is not what the old saying says, if it's simple, anybody would do it. It's not true. If it's simple, nobody will do it because simple usually are the, how do I become consistent on very specific things that if I'm not careful, actually become boring? How do I develop the habits 
the habits that are literally stacked inside my day so that they move me forward even in the chaos. Yes, this is having that morning sit, morning meditation practice. This is saying that you'll do what you said you would do the other day if you're learning a new education program or, I don't know. I think people also sometimes leave things because they don't match the personality of their teacher necessarily. So if I was in a mastermind and I just felt like, ah, the person leading this, a little bit boring to me. But the collective energy is stirring up amazing things in me and I'm growing. Like, you have to see things through a little bit also to be able to really get the fruit of that ex exposure to that consistent habit because you know that there's something lying within and at the end of this. Thing. Right. Yeah. It's amazing how we can know things and not do them, right? We know that certain simple things make a massive difference over long periods of time, and yet we don't do them. And there's, of course, a lot of formulas going on there. You know, when is the cost going to be taking place? And when is the pleasure, so to speak, going to be taking place? Those things have to be understood and inverted. There are definitely processes where you can create immediate gratification on good habits, but it doesn't happen accidentally. We have to develop those. That's one of the reasons we help each other. And I am a firm believer because it's worked for me that the first thing that I try to work with others who are trying to form good habits is finding one minute habits. I only want one minute habits. You referred to this in one conversation we had, you referred to this as just showing up, right? Just show up, just show up. And if we'll get in the habit of just showing up to the habit, it will become a part of our process. Habit stacking, all of those types of technologies don't happen by accident. And typically they don't happen because we're able to evaluate them ourselves. We need a place to observe those, to shine the light on them, to be held or an opportunity to come and bring them into account so that suddenly over a period of time, you know, we're just becoming the person that we want to be. It's not this leap. Everybody pictures this. I got to run full speed and leap across this chasm to become who I want to be or fulfill my greatest potential. It's just simply not true. That's why the practice zone mentality is the place where we say, listen, I don't know what to do. I want to be trained. Oh, and yes, I can hold the bag for somebody else. Yes, I can spot somebody else. In fact, now that I've already been through a few of those things, let me share with you the things that I do know. And we suddenly become this mechanism for self-improvement that builds simultaneously deep relationship, mm. a place of trust, a place we can go to just be broken. I mean, some of the group meetings that we've had, and they're all on Zoom, just like you and I are doing right now, because these guys are all over the country and the world. Yeah. Some of those meetings where guys get on there and they're just like, listen, I need to talk to you guys. Some of them have been related to marital issues. Some have been related to literal chaos and breakdown that nobody even had a clue was going on. And they need a place to talk about it. And that's the power of the masterminding process, if you will. Oh, yeah. I'm a big fan of the mastermind. I've never actually been in an official paid mastermind, but it sounds like I should probably join yours. Oh, yeah. You need to be a part of it. We'll make sure that happens. <laughs> that would be great. But just the power of creating masterminds with like-minded people around you just, I don't know. I went to a real estate investing symposium 
I met lots of people there. And in the end, I looked at kind of all the contacts I had met and I had about 10. And I was just like, I'm going to create a group chat so that we can all share in our successes, help each other through our issues, say something you need and someone reach out and connect to that need. Like this is going to be a fruitful experience. So now I'm the leader of a real estate investing mastermind somehow. (laughs) Yeah. Leaders lead, Tanner. That's the thing. Leaders lead. So congratulations. Thank you. One thing that I'm thinking about as I know that I'm hopping into this role that you have right now, I'm not there yet, but I know that this needs to expand beyond just a podcast. It needs to have community. It needs to have reunion, retreat, things of this nature. How do you get people to go beyond the feel-good hype that happens when you listen to a podcast interview or you watch an amazing speaker and you're just like, oh man, I feel good because I know if I just reorient my life in this way, in this way, in this way, I'm going to be where I need to be. And then one day later, you find that I'm going right back to the old habits, the same scarcity mindset, the same inability to take a leap. How do you interrupt that? I don't know how to do that yet. And I think that's probably deep inside something keeping me from fully embodying this role that I know that is part of my purpose. That's so accurate. I mean, it's so perfectly said too. I mean, for all of us, the aha moment is one of those greatest strength, greatest weakness things. It right, it fits. We need aha moments. We need the moments when we have immediate realization. But I found myself, and in fact, I apologize for self-promoting, but the third book I wrote is a book called The Breakthrough. And it's really about me reaching, it's a fable, it's kind of a fun story to read, but it's about me reaching the point where I was dissatisfied with the aha moment, okay? I was completely dissatisfied with the fact that I could go and speak to a group, I could go and do a training or a seminar, and everybody was rah, rah, they got it, and then they go back into their lives and nothing changes. There was no breakthrough, there was just the aha moment. And I was so frustrated with that because my definition of success, can you see this linear path here? My definition of success is to actually make an impact on people that is lasting. And I felt like I wasn't accomplishing that because all I was doing was everybody telling me what a great job I did and enjoying and giving me good reviews maybe, but they never actually made change. And I was invited to a situation where a team literally was about ready to fall apart massive chaos and upheaval. And I was invited to go back to speak just like on our spur of the moment, come and see if you can save us. And I was on the flight going there trying to decide how I would break through that with my own frustration with the entire experience. I thought, yeah, I could probably go in there and unite these guys, but what if that doesn't change anything? Then I'm failing. And it began this dialogue that I actually continued and built on through about a three-day event where it was just literal vulnerable conversation about what does it look like if we're successful? What are the expectations, spoken and unspoken? And man, did that open cans of worms between all of the different departments and the ownership and everything. And how do we actually get on the same page and move towards a common breakthrough? And when you talk about that, you know, like you said, how do I get somebody to just move beyond listening to a podcast and saying, thumbs up, Tanner, you're great. I love you. And actually taking action. And my experience, as much as I don't wish it were true, my experience is that people have to have a commitment. 
They have to step over the line and make a commitment. And they're not all ready to do that. And that doesn't mean that they shouldn't continue listening. It simply means they need to be aware. We need to increase this distance between them being thinking that they're taking action by listening to your podcast and actually taking specific action. There's a separation that needs to be more and more clear over time that for them to really move forward, they've got to make a commitment, make a decision, step over a specific line. And for most people, that involves money. I'm just going to be honest. Most of the guys, they want conversations with me. They want to step into my world. I'm happy to have those conversations, help them any way I can. But for me to engage them in an ongoing coaching-like manner requires them to be willing to make an investment. Otherwise, they stop showing up. Yes. They stop showing up. And I'm not saying that's for everybody. But in the masterminding perspective, I've tried to do masterminds with groups of men where it was just, hey, I'm going to share. We're all going to share. It was all fine and warm and fuzzy. And there was zero real commitment for the most part. They would not show up. They would not be prepared. All of the work that was being put into it was on a super long trajectory because it was almost accidental. And what I've learned is that people who are willing to step over the line and make a commitment, well, number one, they get 10x the results. I mean, they get 10x the results. One good decision through good decision-making processes is worth far more than a year's worth of mastermind costs. But it is a moment where people have to make a commitment and move. You know, you're going to go get in shape. You're going to go to the gym. What's going to happen? They're going to let you just keep showing up? No. You're going to have to make a commitment. You have to pay some money. Say you want a personal trainer because you want to accelerate the process. You're going to pay some money. I mean, we all want what's best for everybody else. We want what's best for your listeners. But the truth is, if they want to step to the next level, they have to make a commitment because this becomes the consuming passion for preparation, for the things that we're doing. We're investing ourselves in them and they have to make an investment in themselves as well. So you say, how do I get them to step over the line? I don't care what the situation is. Somehow or another, they have to be able to speak with their pocketbooks, with their checkbook, with their debit card, whatever. They've got to be able to speak and say, this is as important to me as anything else in my life, and I'm going to consume it intentionally. And then, of course, they have the expectation, and rightfully so, that they now are stepping into a situation that is going to sharpen them as they engage with you, with me. And that's, to me, we choose when we step over the line. Wow. This is the stage of life I'm in right now. I've stepped over the line. I'm starting my real estate business. I just invested in a mentorship. She came for four days and it was amazing. She truly understood where I'm at in my life, what I'm doing, what my definitions of success are, and how we can align a business and a marketing plan and partnerships to surround that, maximize my strengths and allow us to grow in a way that's not too fast, not in the direction I want to grow, but it allows you to take off. Having homework and having accountability built in and having to answer difficult questions, someone calling out a limitation of your mindset, it's hard to decide on how much money that's worth. Like this is way beyond that. When you take that leap to put out that money, 
to do something life-changing like I feel like I just did and like you probably do for others all the time and I'm sure you did when you were younger maybe you still do today absolutely when you step over that line and commit you become a new person you go to the next level of your involvement and I think that you're becoming closer and closer to who you truly are yeah and that's beautiful I really hope other people can take those leaps of faith too yeah you know, I want you to know that just because I also lead masterminds, I'm in a mastermind and it's a mastermind that almost nobody would probably be able to be in. I shouldn't have said it that way, but it's a very expensive to be involved in because it's at a high level. And these are guys that I believe can mentor me. And of course, they believe that I can bring value to them because if we're not being mentored, we don't know how to mentor. And I've had so many discussions with businessmen in particular, but also in church leadership where they say, oh, I just need a mentor. I need somebody to help me go from where I am forward. And then at the same time, they realize that they need to be mentoring. And when we just kind of shoot from the hip and try to go from our own experiences, we don't have a structure because it's not a lack of good intentions that keeps us from moving forward. It's a lack of structure and a lack of support. It's a lack of process. Mm -hmm. And that's what shortens the time frame. I mean, I know you spent a lot of money probably to have this person come and do what you learned in your, but how much time did that remove from your success journey? What well, kind of leverage? Time. You're leveraging their wisdom, their experience, their knowledge, their resources, them having been in masterminds and sitting in, you know, like, financially successful, purposely successful, familial successful people, and then having mentorships with those people, you're getting all of that history in four days. And then I walked away with a structure, like you said. I know what my game plan is and I'm accountable to it. And she is going to hold me accountable to it as we move forward through these days. And I mean, it shook my world. Like I had big understandings about what I can possibly do in this world that I feel truly confident are coming to me. And we can't ever know the details of how that coming is, but I just know it's coming. Like I know that I am going to be able to be successful by, according to my definition of success. And that means a lot to me. And it's a feeling that's just incredible. It's way better than a fleeting, pleasurable feeling. It's, I got to ask you a question now. What? I got to ask you a question. Yes. Why do you think most people don't take those kind of steps? Why do you think they don't take those steps? I think that that's when we get in touch with our brokenness and we may not be aware of it, but whatever you're signing or whatever, or when you're giving them a credit card or anything like that, that apprehension is like, maybe I'm not good enough to do this. Maybe I can't follow through on this. Maybe I am going to lose this and lose who I am. And I would prefer to just stick in the okayness. Hey guys, this is your People of Purpose podcast host, Tanner Badgley. Would you find value in receiving a very short email every other weekend that helps you grow on your path to purpose? The People of Purpose newsletter, or POP for short, is an email where I share with you the most interesting things I've recently discovered, have been thinking about, or implementing into my life to help you more purposefully pursue your purpose. It will include a short story, some words of wisdom to help you be more purposeful during your day, and an update on how the last guest has inspired me and how they can inspire you too. 
So take a small step of action right now by sending a quick email to peopleofpurposepodcast at gmail.com, letting us know you would like to receive the POP newsletter. Just include People of Purpose newsletter in the subject header and you'll receive the very next one. Here's to becoming People of Purpose. It's hard for me to understand this too because I don't tend to do it, but I fight with that. There's a book I read recently called The Third Door by Alex Benayan that was incredible. And he calls this sensation the flinch. And in his book, he's trying to talk to super high level people and interview them like Bill Gates, Lady Gaga, Steven Spielberg, Warren Buffett. And when he is right next to them, he has this moment where he wants to step back and his feet are frozen. He can't step that next step. He can't say, hi, Mr. Buffett. He can't do that. And he calls it the flinch. And I think that that's rooted in us encountering our brokenness, encountering that voice in our head that says, you can't do this. You're not good enough. You're not going to be able to do this because part of that is true. If you say yes to that, that becomes true. What you accept is what you believe. (laughs) I accept that this sensation is real and it's not just a voice in my head and I'm going to stay planted. I'm going to let that opportunity pass me by. I'm going to breathe a sigh of relief that I didn't do something too crazy that would, you know, disturb other people's views of me that I don't even really care that much about. I'm guessing at this, you know, because I'm not that kind of person, but I need to understand that if I'm going to be running a mastermind and being a speaker and having courses and hosting retreats and being a coach, I want to head in those directions. So I need to understand that. I still don't quite understand it, but that's my guess. The class scenario that I did a short version of for your listeners on the last one, the how to lead when you don't feel like a leader, I address those four steps, which are super simple in my opinion, get clear, get connected, get passionate and get traction. But if we don't know how to get clear and we don't have clarity, then all of a sudden we're unable to know how to collapse time. So we've got that squirrel perspective. We've got that, you know, oh, what's the latest shiny object? What's the thing that needs my attention right now? So then we fear that we're missing out and we fear that we'll be wrong. I think for some people they fear I've been there. I'm just going to own it. We fear that if we make that commitment, now we're going to be responsible to fulfill that. And we're really afraid that we'll fail. That is right on. I don't know why I didn't mention that because I've been saying that so many times in the last few days. My mentor was calling me out on this. She's like, why are you scared to have a successful business? Why are you scared for your podcast and your real estate business to grow to a very successful, massive level at the same time? You don't need to be scared of that. Yeah. What if you believe that that's your created purpose? Yeah. I mean, how does that change everything? That's power, man. That's why we need each other. Yeah. Now I'm like telling myself these stories like, oh, after we flip our first house, then I'll be able to buy a brand manager for people of purpose. And then when we get a lot of followers, I'm going to be really busy engaging with that. So I'm going to have to outsource on the housing business, but that's going to be good for my business because of such and such. And these like stories about how you're going to grow I don't see a lot of value in that. I see the value in the intention that you bring forth, the clear understanding of success, the habits that you bring into it, and knowing that you have the right people in the right seats around you, including people that are thought partners, people that call you out on stuff, people that are in that mastermind, to use that term loosely. I think that's like where it comes from. And you can't say in January, I will be making this decision and next March, I'll be making this decision because it's contingent on this other thing happening first. That's just such a logical way of trying to go through things when really this is so much bigger than just 
our rational intellectual ability to figure something out. It's way yeah. more than that when you're in mentorship. Yeah, you become the channel and you jump in the flow. Does that make sense? I mean, those are whole other concepts, but you want to be in the flow. You might envision what it looks like to be in the flow, but you don't really care. You just know that if you're in the flow, you're going to go where you're intended to go at maximum velocity and everything else. It's a fascinating thing. And unfortunately, for most people, what has happened is they've done something in the past that took them where they didn't want to go, and they associate a decision like that with regret, and they no longer believe that making a decision like that will move them toward their success. They have this past experience that subconsciously or not tells them, yeah, but we did that once. Yeah, but I trusted somebody once and something bad happened. Yeah, but I made an investment I thought was going to change my life and it didn't work out that way. On and on and on. And so, you know, it's like the beginner's mind that we talked about before. It's like that idea that when we have not experienced something already, we actually still have hope in the result. And for a lot of us, as we've gotten older, some of the listeners perhaps, there are areas where they still want those same results, but they've lost that sense of hope. And that's one of the reasons I think it's so powerful that our step one is, of course, to get clear about it and then rapidly find a place to get connected. Find a place to get connected because without that connectivity, we have no ability to sustain or support ourselves. The head trash is too powerful. It seems too real. It's absolutely overwhelming at times without a good system to move past it. And Thanks for letting me talk about all that. That's my daily life. Yeah, it really resonates with me too. I realized that I went on a bit of a tangent. I was originally talking about responsibility. And I think that when you do have the connection to others, you want to rise to that level of responsibility because you know it's not just about your own journey and your own success and all the feelings that you personally receive in that. It's about others. You rise up to who you're meant to be so that you can have an impact in someone's life near you, so that you can do your little part to save the world, to be a hero, to fulfill what God has put you on this earth for. That's that people of purpose. It's much more than just yourself finding the purpose. It's being able to say yes to the action component because we have a responsibility for the world and for those around us and for the kingdom. Amen. Yeah, that's beautiful. I know that what we've talked about is probably too much of a fire hose type experience for most people. And so I would caution the fact that just having the conversation, just one little conversation at a time can take you farther. One minute, one minute of that. Keep embracing the small things to move you toward the big things. It's just so tempting to look at the Mount Everest situation and say, well, I could never do that. You know what? Just go the first hundred yards. Just yeah. take the small steps and move toward that success. And you're going to find the camaraderie with other people that are taking those steps. And we're going to help each other move toward that success. And one of the things that you're doing on your podcast, I believe, is that you are answering the question or helping people answer the question for themselves that they are afraid to ask. And that is, what's my purpose? 
Yeah. They don't need to adopt my purpose. They don't need to adopt your purpose. They simply need to be able to understand that they have purpose, that they're not the exception. They're not the person who just is here to take up space. They can absolutely exist within the passion and the knowledge that they are moving from where they are to where they were created to be. That when they come before God every day and then ultimately in eternity, they can know without question that they were on the journey to fulfill the kingdom purpose that was meant for their lives. Because it's not just about us making some money. It's not about us finding a few creature comforts. It's not about any of that. And the people who resonate with that are asking the question, what's my purpose? That's why they're engaging with you. So just keep it up, man. Just keep it up. Keep giving them the assurance that they're on the right path. Thank you. Yeah. And at times it gets hard because I'm a young guy constantly trying to find my way as well. Like I'm not this like wise sage that's like sitting on the mountaintop of 65, 75 years old, knowing exactly like what the journey to this, it looks like this. I'm in the journey. I'm in the struggle. I'm in the chaos. And I have voices in my head and voices around me. And I come back to visit family or I'm like in a place that I don't know anybody. and I'm just having to be vulnerable and take advice and decipher, does that match with what I know about myself? And I was a different person three years ago than I am now. Four years ago, I was in a relationship with a different girl than I'm in now. And that obviously plays a certain role. You're in a relationship with others. You're in a relationship with yourself. Everything is dynamic. I don't feel like I can just give everyone the answers. And I've never really wanted to be that kind of person. I'm never probably going to be that kind of person. But if I can prompt people to think for themselves and reach inside and find that true inner teacher that they have inside and get that clarity and say, this is enough. I'm starting with that fresh beginner's mind perspective. And I'm going to feel my way into purpose. This feels right to me. This feels good. I have this on my heart. I'm scared to say it, but it's right in there. It's bubbling to the surface. I need to say it. And when you tell that person something, then that brings you into connection. And then they want to take you to a new place. And then that's how the step-by-step through community connection takes place. And yeah. It's remarkable to say yes to life like that. You're inviting people on a journey. That's all you're doing. That's all you're doing. You're inviting them on a journey. And you might be saying, hey, you know, I'm like two steps ahead of you. So, you know, if we reach a big hill, I can give you a hand. That's about all we can any of us say. Yeah, that's right. And Man, I love it. I like your humility. I think that humility is something that you absolutely have to have. And you have to be hyper aware of your ability to step into it, the more you rise into success and leadership and all these societal like pedestals people can put you on. You can't let that stuff eat you up or you go right back down to the bottom of it. Humility seems very, very important in this journey. Yeah. Knowing our weaknesses is important as knowing our strengths. It's incredible because it's not the person that I was for a long time. I felt like I needed this sense of Superman bulletproof nature in order to be successful. And what I've learned is that in my humility, in my weakness, 2 Corinthians 12, 9, in my weakness is where the strength really is. And I don't always default to that. I have to keep putting it in front of myself every day with my definition of success. I have to keep rehearsing it, practicing it, and be clear about my personal mission 
And I'm afraid that if I don't do that every day, that I'll get off track. So, you know, I appreciate you saying that. It's an affirmation for me that I'm overcoming that weakness, but it's still something that I'm not going to let it sneak up on me. I need brothers like you to keep reminding me or one day to point out, Greg, you've lost a little bit of that. I need that. And that's the power that we share as a part of the same army. I like that a lot. Yeah. I hope we know each other a long time. Yeah, me too. And I do want to give you guys access to the 10 Common Fears All Leaders Face book. If you'd like to download the ebook, the electronic version, I mean, I could give that to your listeners as part of this process. Love for them to engage in that and give me feedback on it. If that's okay with you, I'll give you a link that they can get it. Yeah, of course. Let's definitely do that. Okay. I'm also uh, brainstorming right now, and I don't necessarily want to ask for a commitment from you, but I think that this is going to resonate with people, our episode, your books, your content, and people are going to want to find ways of involving with us. So at some point in the future, you and I need to get involved in some sort of venture. We need to create a course together, or you need to be a coach at my People of Purpose retreat one day. Things like this would be amazing. I would love that. One of my commitments to God is that when people ask me to speak, I'm going to speak. I'm the mouthpiece. That's all I see. I'm a delivery mechanism for the Spirit of God. I think that he's given me a lot of skills that are very practical, but I still see myself subject to that. And when I align myself with somebody like you, I just don't see that there's ever any downside. I'm looking forward to that, to further conversations. I look forward to being a part of it. And, you know, it's potential that you and I should start a mastermind that, you know, we co-lead, for example, and, you know, be able to share with some of your people so that we could, you know, begin the journey with folks who need to move from where they are to where they want to be. I love that. That feels way more next step than than having a retreat center where you're a coach at. That's probably not a tomorrow thing, but the mastermind could be. Yeah, I love that. There are people who would come to a small retreat that you would put together and say, hey, I got room for 20 people who can make it or whatever. I mean, I think there are people who would do that. I am blessed to be able to do that primarily in men's groups is where I I resonate. I love speaking to women as well. Don't get me wrong, especially if they are leaders. But I've been given the opportunity to do multiple day retreats in men's settings where we really dig down and get vulnerable. But usually that's going to happen in smaller groups. That's been my experience. But anyway, let me give you the link before I forget to the 10 Common Fears book, the digital copy. Okay. Okay. Here it is. All you need to type in is B. B-T-L-M, that's Breakthrough Leadership Movement, btlm.co slash fearless, btlm.co slash fearless. And I'm certain that you'll be able to find that in the show notes here for this interview if you're looking for it. You know, there's nothing in it for me. I'm not selling you anything there. It's just an opportunity for you to dig a little bit deeper on what it would be like to embrace and engage those 10 fears that all leaders face. Thanks for that opportunity. Thank you, Greg. And thank you for creating a next actionable step. I find that that can be one of my weaknesses is I get really abstract and on these long chains of thought where we're reaching the mountain. And it's important to just know this is the next step. Go to this website, read a book that's going to change your life, get connected with Greg's message. I'm sure that book is going to call out some action steps as well. Take those and just keep moving forward one step at a time. It doesn't need to be sit back and wonder if this fits into a giant life plan that you already have. Yeah. 
And if you really want to take a next step, I'm just going to go off the wall here and encourage you to contact Tanner and say, Tanner, I want to take a next step. What would it look like? And he'll let you know how you can engage with him at a deeper level. I'm certain of that. Wow. Thank you, man. Thanks for putting me in a position of responsibility I didn't ask for. (laughs) (laughs) I need that. I for sure need that. I want that. And there are certain things holding me back from that. So thank you for calling that out. I love to be a part of what you're doing, man. Proud of you. (laughs) Appreciate it. Well, it's been a wonderful like part two of our interview. Maybe there's more to come. I'm sure there can be. And then I know that there's going to be deeper levels people can engage with people of purpose and Greg Gates in the future. And I'm excited to see how those come to fruition. And the second that that stuff happens, we'll be able to announce that on our channels. And it's going to be great. Thank you, Greg. Yep. Find me at the No Head Trash Nation. The No Head Trash Nation is my podcast, which really is just me ranting about a few of these topics, usually less than five minutes. And also it's a Facebook group that they can join for free. It's just where we share these ideas, anything like that, any place that I can be of benefit. Um, Of course, I'm not trying to take away from the people of purpose perspective because you guys are doing a fantastic job, but anybody who particularly relates to my story, I'm happy to engage with them any way I can. This is not a competitive business. We need each other in this. This is an abundance opportunity, not a scarcity thing. Or it's me or or you, no, both. I agree. Thank you. Thank you, Greg. It's been a wonderful joy and pleasure. And I mean, each time I've talked to you, it just really strikes a chord deep inside me that wakes me up and jolts me into embodying that purpose that I can think about and feel when I'm laying in bed or on a run or whatever. But now I'm actually doing it. And I really like that I feel that warrior mindset towards my purpose. I'm going to go capture the purpose. (laughs) That's it, man. That's it. Thank you. So what actionable step are you going to take next? Do you have a lingering question? Or is there something we can help you work through to figure out and reach your purpose? People of Purpose is here for you. Just send us an email or a message on Facebook. If you want continued inspiration, subscribe to the podcast and soak in the stories and words of our insightful guests. Do you have any friends that might enjoy this podcast? Bring them on board as a podcast subscriber. And if you want to actually see the guests behind the voices, as well as receive daily inspiration, follow the podcast and journey on Instagram at People of Purpose Podcast or at People of Purpose on Facebook to join our purpose-seeking community. By joining, you will know the minute each new episode is published, hear first about upcoming People of Purpose news, and receive regular tidbits of inspiration. I'm purposely perusing, pursuing, and pondering. It's simply a regular dose of goodness, intentionally filtered by me to nourish your path to purpose. Lastly, if you like this podcast, please post a review wherever you listen to it. Doing so will not only help us to grow, but will also allow your voice to be heard, and who knows who you could inspire. Cheers, and here's to becoming. <laughs>